All right, welcome back, guys, to the Live Loud Life podcast. My name is Antonio, your host of the Live Loud Life podcast. Uh, today we have Katie Knight with us. Um, she is. I'm gonna let her introduce all of her. Uh, I don't know what you call it, but credentials, credentials if you will, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, amazing athlete, local here to Boulder now. We were just chatting about her hometown of Iowa because we got some some relation there a little bit, not a lot, but uh, yeah, so welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so recently, my credentials would be I took first in the Spartan National Championships in Tahoe and then took third in Ultra World Championships for Spartan, and that was in Telluride, so here in Colorado. That's awesome. Um, and then latest one was I won WTM, so World's Toughest Mutter. Um, the last two, the Ultra Worlds for Spartan and WTM are 24-hour races. Um, so yeah, I hit. What's the total mileage on those? Uh, for WTM, I hit ninety miles. Oh, so is it? So is it like a total within twenty four hours that yes. you accumulate? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you have uh, for WTM, it's five mile loops with twenty obstacles each lap, um, and it's as many as you can do in the twenty four hour period. That's crazy. I had not heard of that one before. Yeah, yeah. So I am curious. On that note, are there like certain people that are like only Spartan race and only Tough Mudder, or do they kind of like like are Tough Mudder like oh you could do Tough Mudders? It's not as cool as Spartan. Spartan's cooler than Tough Mudders. <laughs> um, they're very similar. There's different. There's definitely a different vibe and community where like people that go to Tough Mudder, I found out, are kind of like wild and out there, and there's water obstacles and electricity obstacles. Yeah, yeah. Um, Spartan is more like. Uh, I don't want to say more competitive, but like that's the mindset for Spartan races. Okay. Um, and yeah, so Spartan actually owns uh, Tough Mudder. So oh, they, they do? bought them. Yeah, so they oh. do, but not a lot of people know that. Um, but it was, I think, a couple of years ago they did that. And so there are some cross-references. Like I have some friends that race WTM and Spartan. Yeah, but otherwise, yeah. it's usually pretty separate. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, – I mean, I've done a little bit of both, but I've done more Tough Mudders. But okay. that was That was always the thing. It was like – and this was back – oh, man, it's been years now. I want to say it was like 2013-ish okay, okay. where like – it was like the thing everyone was doing yep, yep. and it was definitely water and electricity. I felt like was always there and <laughs> yep. always zapping people. How'd you like it? Uh, so I did like it, but the tough part is, is like, I was never competitive style. Mm -hmm. And so when you just get, and, and I think this has been the consensus for a lot of people that have done it. I don't know if it's been recently, but there were so many people mm -hmm. that everything just got bogged down. Yeah. So the majority of the time, like the obstacles and everything was cool, but we were standing around a lot. And waiting for And them. waiting. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like some, some obstacles you're waiting for, honestly, like over 30 minutes, Yeah. which is a super buzzkill when you're yeah. like all hyped up and ready to go. Right. And then when on the way down, this was, this was actually Tahoe Tough Mudder again okay. years ago um Squaw Valley but it was a single track going down oh. she had all these people funneled into a single track and that's I how was the Spartan races there yeah I was like screw that and I was just like going straight through I'm like I don't well, know well and that's why it's more like Spartan's like more competitive like every race usually is where uh Tough Mudder has like fun events and it's more like you know, go do it with your buddies and things yeah. like that. And they have world's toughest, which is more like elite level. And then they have like the toughest. So those two are their big ones. So for, 
the everyday Joe who wants to do it yeah. is the tough mutter like a good intro to getting oh, into for it. Sure, yeah. Like people have a blast. It's a lot of fun. Like I had a lot of fun on the twenty four hour one at like even the higher level of competitiveness. But it's just like it's a good time. And like same with the Spartans too. Um, some of the shorter uh, races are a lot of fun that people love to go do with like friends and stuff. It's like the sprint ones, right? Yes, the short they have ones. the sprint yeah. and then like the super and then the beast is where it gets tougher and then there's ultras. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Is it also Spartan who's doing is it Deca? Deca Fit. Do yeah. they put in do they put on Deca? They do. So they have Deca Fit, Deca Strong, Deca Mile, and a couple other ones like that. And they're coming to Denver, I think, in a little couple months. And that's all indoor? I believe so. I haven't okay. done one of those yet. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Because yeah. I've been I was chatting with some people last year, or maybe it was oh shit, I lost time with COVID. <laughs> one of these years <laughs> where it was where that was coming to play, which that seems more of a mixed modal between like your classic weight training. Yep. And what we would see as like, I don't, I'm not comparing it to CrossFit, but like what we see for like CrossFit oh, for games sure. and things like yeah. that. Have you heard of High Rocks? I have. That, yeah, so that was the other one. That's the same. It's mixed. So it's a lot of running. And it actually, at the end of the day, it is a running race because you have to be fast. But they also throw in like, you know, eight stations of more CrossFit or like weight training yeah. um, exercises. So there's a, definitely a mix there. Okay. And that's a good segue because one of the things I wanted to chat and talk with you about is just training. Uh, now, again, most of the people that are listening to this kind of like everyday people. Yep. But hearing – your training from the higher perspective, but mm -hmm. also trying to see how that can trickle down into mm -hmm. every day is obviously the importance of the mixed modal type of training. But from from chatting with other people in the OCR world, it sounds like an aerobic capacity or an aerobic base is what really sets apart obviously the top yes. from the not top, but also from just making it a more enjoyable event because if yes. you're sucking wind, that obviously sucks. It's, yeah. I would say endurance-wise, like you have to be in pretty peak performance um, for like the, the OCR world because it's more of a foot race. Um, these days, like people are just fast. And so, yeah, you definitely have to get your, you know, your endurance up. And so for me, that looks like a lot of running, a lot of tempo runs, um, speed work, cause it's not my favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd rather go for a long time, 24 hours, uh, yeah. uh, than sprint a mile. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then I love biking. So I think biking is a great way to take, you know, beating your body up so much with running, yeah. especially for training for ultras, or if you want to run like a marathon or a longer race, um, it takes, you know, you're not beating up your feet as much, your knees, your hips, your joints. Um, and so I found if I stay on the bike and I mountain bike and I climb, it keeps my leg drive really, really high and strong. Um, so that kind of like turns over into my running. That's a really good point. Cause I mean, I've spoken with and obviously have treated from triathletes to just runners mm -hmm. is now out. I, I, I'll correct myself. Triathletes, obviously you're running, biking and swimming, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But more times than not, we get so sucked into just what the sport is. Like mm -hmm. meaning if you're a runner, you got to get in your miles. And if you get yeah. in your miles, that's going to help you. But having even just, I don't know if you call it cross training, but the cross reference yep. of other aerobic capacities, maintaining all that. Yeah, and for I, sure. I don't do a good job of that myself. <laughs> well, I, I like, I really have the last like two years really got into biking. And so now it's like what I would rather go do instead of run. Oh, even yeah. Though I know I need, I need to get my miles yeah. in. But yeah, my, so my background came from CrossFit. That's where I first, I mean, got into weight training uh, and cross training. And so I, for like an ultra runner, probably spend too much time in the gym. Um, but mm -hmm. it helps me with obstacles and the strengths. So there's bucket carries. There's a lot of things where you have to be pretty dang strong. Yeah. Um, and so I, I also like to focus on that. So I stay in the gym probably Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then I'll have Tuesday, Thursday, and then Saturday. Um, Saturdays are like really long endurance days and then Tuesday, Thursday too. So do you think that's, 
being that you've spent more time in those, that gives you, and it obviously gives you an advantage into the, into the obstacles where yep. you're having to do those. Has that, has that enhanced your running or do you think that's been at a detriment to your running being that you're in the gym so much more? Um, so it depends. So like with some, I find when I can really crush like a conditioning CrossFit wad, um, that like relates directly to how well I can do after I, you know, do a heavy bucket carry and I start running again. Right. Yeah, Cause yeah. in CrossFit you're doing like 400 meter runs into like really heavy clean and jerks. Um, and so I see the correlation there and then like my running and, you know, biking really like shows me how fit I am in the gym. Um, especially for like conditioning wads, for it's sure. like, you can just keep going and you build that engine. Um, so I see them kind of like go hand in hand and it helps me a ton. Um, I think a lot of runners these days in the OCR community focus too much on just endurance capacity and they forget about the strength. But like, if you mm -hmm. can't do more than five strict pull-ups, like that's going to hurt you out there on the course when you're having to do monkey bars and a lot of grip stuff. Yeah. Um, you can like, you know, make it through, but if you want to feel good, I think being strong is very important. 100%. Yeah. What was your, what's your, um, what was your background like growing up as an athlete? I so I'm a, I come from a family of six kids and we all played every sport. Uh, my main ones were softball. Um, I played ice hockey, um, swimming. They ice hockey in Iowa? Yeah, they do. Oh, they do. <laughs> swimming, track, volleyball. Um, never did cross country, which is interesting. But I did. <laughs> I did track. So basically, any sport, every season, I was doing a varsity sport. And then um, hockey was my main one. I loved ice hockey. I played with the boys till I was 18 because um, they didn't have women's hockey yeah. in Iowa. There were some travel teams. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. And then I played ice hockey in college. Okay. Where would you yeah. go to college? Iowa State. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then when did you come to Colorado? Um, 2016. Okay. So I kind of lived all over. Um, I transferred to upstate New York for school and finished my degree there. And then I lived in Miami Beach, Chicago, and then came to Boulder. Oh, dang. You did bounce around. Yeah, I did. What, was your, what was your degree? Uh, my degree is in design and human-computer uh, interaction. So HCI. Yeah. So what, uh, I, I, did, I did graphic design, okay. like programming, all that for like a couple years. And is this then, part of a computer science degree or similar to yes, that? Yes, similar. Oh, okay. Yes, very okay. similar. Um, most of it was more so design, so visual graphic design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I realized I didn't like to sit at a desk all day. Yeah, every right. Day. <laughs> yep. So I was like, what do I love to do every day all day is fitness. Yeah. So then I got into like coaching and personal training. Um, I worked at CrossFit Sanitas in Boulder. Mm -hmm. And then Oracle, um, the big tech yeah. company in Broomfield, yeah, I was their corporate health and wellness uh, performance coach. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. And then COVID shut that down. So. Ah, gotcha, <laughs> yep, gotcha. Yep. That's awesome. Um, all right. So definitely a mix of different sports and athletes yes, growing up, yes. which obviously plays your advantage. Yep. I mean, this has been proven and shown many times before. So aerobic capacity now mm -hmm. let's say for instance and and i only know this because doing years of crossfit myself yep. they have aerobic right blocks if you want to call them that mm -hmm. or cycles mm -hmm. but for someone who wants to really like start getting back into or maybe increasing that base of aerobic capacity yep. what are some of your recommendations like as a coach of making sure that you're not overdoing it assuming that they're probably keeping some things relatively the same right right 
Um, if you're really wanting to get into like, you know, running your first 5k or something like that, is that what you mean? Yeah. Or, or even like, more so just from a performance standpoint, because yeah. as you had indicated, right, having a better aerobic capacity right. standpoint right. improves your performance into the CrossFit gym. Cause right. again, a lot of people, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. <laughs> a lot of people do CrossFit, like their main goal is to just get yes. better at CrossFit, yes. not from a competition standpoint. Right. And this could be said for boot camp or anything else. Right. We're just mm -hmm. using that nomenclature. So knowing, okay, well, if I have a better aerobic capacity or a better mm -hmm. engine, mm -hmm. knowing that that's going to help me with those things. Where do you find the time? How do you implement it? Because they right. also assume it's just like that as right. opposed to understanding steady state training and things right. like that. That is hard. And you have to like what I've realized is training for more elite competitive races is it takes a lot of time, time out of your day. Yeah. And so a lot of days mine will be two a days. Um, it'll be Come. gym mixed with a long run or bike in the mm -hmm. afternoon. But I would say if you want to start that, um, and my my mom got originally got me into CrossFit, which is great. Like oh, she, yeah. yeah, she loves it. She still does it. She's 61, 62. Um, but she would only do CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Um, and like if I told her to go out and like run her bike, she'd be like, No, I have to go to CrossFit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I would really like you have to kind of split your time. So it's important to strength train. But like even if you're starting and you're getting out there and just going for a walk, right? Just move, walk, go for a hike, especially in Colorado. Sure. You can hike everywhere. Um, but slowly start to build up that you know engine outside of the gym and you'll see a difference when you go in to work out and lift weights no. and, oh sorry go ahead and so like yeah i would say when when it comes to training and what i have my clients do it's never like run five miles today it's okay. run for 30 minutes run for 45 minutes and slowly you just keep going up and up so like you know if your run is 30 minutes a day you know, half of that might be walking or you walk for a minute, run for two, okay. you know? So you just slowly start to build that up. And then, you know, that helps with your steady state training. So if you're using your heart rate, some of my like long runs, like for ultras, people think I run like, you know, a hundred miles a week. Um, it's more so about the time on your feet. Um, and so, you know, you might go really slow. You might be running 10, 12 minute miles, but you're doing it for three hours. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the steady straight state and keeping your heart rate below, you know, whatever it is for you. For me, it's like usually below 140. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, do you, do you suggest and do most people use heart rate training and or because it's, I mean, it's harder. Most people know heart rate training, yeah, right? Yeah. As opposed to like breathing, right? Because I know I talk to some people where it's like your your steady state should mm -hmm. be almost at a nasal only breathing mm -hmm. capacity. Do you dive into that much or do you just kind of more so keep it at a heart rate level based on monitoring? I've done nasal breathing before. Or like that will be kind of like a test when I'm running. Like if I can just breathe through my nose for a minute. I know that I'm like, like if I don't have a heart rate monitor yeah. on, then that's like a check, a checkpoint. Um, but I think it's really important. You see all the statistics. If you wear like, you know, my zone's a great heart rate monitor or polar. I use polar. Mm -hmm. um, and that way you can see like in real time what your heart rate's at. If you're going too fast or if you need to speed up, um, I think. I use that more and I've seen a big difference in my running. Capacity. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. And it's because it's interesting. There's times where like, I feel like I'm like, man, I feel like I'm not, which, which could be good. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I'm not as putting as much effort in. And then I look at my heart rate. I was like, oh shit, I'm at like 165. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to tank fast because I'm focusing on something right, else. And right. you just or if get it's into like the, the beginning of a workout and you're like, oh, I feel great. Oh wait, my heart rate jacked to like 160. <laughs> it always gets you. It creeps up on you so fast. And that's like, that's an easy way to do is to test your max heart rate. And then there's like a thousand things out there on the internet to help you train yeah. with your heart rate. And it's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, um, like based on your zones, one, two, three, four. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's hard for me to get my heart rate like super high because I'm more of like a longer engine based athlete. So you like, naturally have that governor on you. Yeah. So like getting to like gear five is what usually my coach tells me is like, that's hard for me to do, but that's important uh, for like things like high rocks or cross for sure. Cause you re- you're redlining. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so I think the, I, I guess so in, cause you're doing, well, I guess what's your training now mostly is it, are you doing CrossFit or are you doing specialized programming that kind of looks like CrossFit? So it's both. So it's really hybrid. So it's, you know, a lot of endurance runs and bikes. And then also like, depending on what events coming up, it's CrossFit based strength training. Um, I like to like, yeah, I like to keep like lifts in, um, like cleans, deadlifts, squats, Mm -hmm. And then like, depending on what events coming up. So right now it's, I'm training for high rocks and this new event called go ruck games. Um, so those are my two main focuses. And then end of the year, I'll hit the ultra circuit. So it'll kind of shift. Um, right now the mileage doesn't need to be as high, but the intensity needs to be way up. Um, and then as we get towards the ultra training, it's going to go opposite. Do you, because I think this is also something that's mixed or sorry, missed or misunderstood mm-hmm. within high intensity interval training is understanding how to gear up and gear down. So right. how do you approach that? Because you can't just redline. No. Right, now granted, right. there are some workouts where, and I forget all the, the ladies' names for all those ones. <laughs> yeah, the Annie's though. Yeah, yeah. Where it's literally Helen. just meant to redline because mm-hmm. there's nothing afterwards. Right, right. But I think so. Like you said, I'm 165. I feel good at the beginning of the workout, right. but understanding how to scale up and down right. and how to do that efficiently. Yeah. So I mean, this takes time too to like adjust your body to that, and like with using your heart rate, it's really like you can see mm-hmm. the difference. But you know, a lot of my training, like um, for myself, my clients, and then what like my coach will program, it'll be like you know EMOMs where there's rest built in. So you have like, you know, you're pushing as hard as possible to get, you know, so many cows on the row done in a minute. Mm -hmm. And then you have like, you know, a minute rest. And Mm -hmm. so mixing that in works really well. Um, if you want to work on like intensity and then, you know, edging off of it. Um, and then like, you know, so many rounds for time, but then you have 60 seconds rest at the end. Mm -hmm. So you go as hard as possible for four rounds of whatever, and then you rest. So like having rest built into workouts really helps with that. How do you strategize? I mean, there's certain things that I do and I know there's certain things other people talk about, but Mm -hmm. I'm curious what you do. Is there something you do specifically to help you bring that heart rate down? Because 60 seconds is quite a bit of time, but it also goes by really fast. (laughs) It goes by really fast. Um, For me, um, I would say like I walk around, like I was taught growing up, walk around with your hands on your head, right? Get more, hands above, get more yeah. oxygen. And whether that's true or not, cause there's different, <laughs> there's a lot of different theories on it. Yeah. That helps me like mentally. Okay. Um, and so I'll do that. Like I don't, I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to like, you know, put my hands on my knees, like things like that. So that's usually what I do. <laughs> do you focus anything on your breath as far as doing yeah, that? Yeah, I try to just breathe, like, breathe oh. in my nose, out my mouth. There you go. Um, and just kind of like relax and try to <laughs> feel like my heart rate's coming down. Yeah, no, that's good. Cause I think so many people, right. They're just, they're continuous. They're continuing to hyperventilate yes, while yes. on their rest. Yes. So they're really not resting because right, they're almost right, doing right. just as much work. So I was exactly. just curious what, yeah, no, what that's a good like question. Do. Um, how do you, uh, so I was chatting with another guy, uh, a podcast that I think is just going to ha- come out right before you, but it was, we were touching on nutrition, high okay, interval yep. training, different things like that. Um, what are some of the things that, that you utilize for nutrition supplementation and things like that to help aid you in, in everything you do? Yeah. 
Um, so I didn't really focus on nutrition for a long time. And then when I like dialed it in, it does really help. I tracked with like my fitness pal, which is a great tool and it's free yeah. for like a long time. And then it kind of got in my head. Um, like, Oh, I didn't hit this today. I didn't get this number. And so I like kind of just like internally no numbers of food, yeah, yeah. um, which helps. But then when you actually like so now I track my macros um, and I okay. hit a certain number of fats, proteins, carbs every day because um, that helps fuel what you do. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to lose weight if I just work out a lot and don't eat. But like if you want to look like a CrossFitter or you want to look muscular, you have to eat and you have to lift. For sure. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that. So I do that a lot. And then um, actually what's in my water right here. Um, I take uh, BCAs. It's like a hydration mix. It's okay. called Hydro Builder. Um, I took it on every lap of WTM. Um, so they're one of my sponsors, and I absolutely love it. Um, I take it like before workout, throughout the day, um, and then like definitely during long, intense workouts. Um, and then fueling wise, there's a lot of different things you can do like during a race, but are you talking more like just day to day? Yeah, more day to day. Yeah. Yeah. Day to day. Like I stick with a lot of like I mean, it's pretty boring of a diet, like eggs, chicken, rice. Those are like my go to's protein. I love, you know, whey protein. Yeah, yeah. Um, after after a workout. But that's that's pretty much it. It's boring, but do you <laughs> it works. find yeah, I mean, as we know, this is the boring stuff done <laughs> yep. done over and over again. Do you find that how how much does that shift when you shift from like hydrox now? Yep, yep. Right. The focus is on that versus your ultras at the end of the year. Yeah. How do you shift those macros or those those concentration or percentages, if you will? Right. They shift uh more so just like in carb intake. Okay. Um, so right now probably don't intake as many carbs when I'm running for, you know, two, three hours, mm-hmm. that has to increase. Um, whether that's from like a drink mix or whatever. Um, that's probably like the only thing that increases. I like the same between like proteins and fats. It's pretty consistent. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. What's uh so you have not competed in the hydrox that you were saying? I have. So hydrox uh, okay. I've done uh solo and I've done they have doubles, like co ed oh, and okay. male, male, female, female. Yeah, yeah. Um and so me and my partner won nationals last year and then took third this year. Um, but I'm gunning for to do it individual. Um come it's in May is the like the the champion, the world championship. So you'll have people come over from Europe. Um, nice. It's pretty Europe based. And then it's getting more popular over here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so top 15 times in essentially the world get to compete in Vegas. Oh, nice. So where's, yeah. where's that uh, preliminary race? Uh, there's a bunch of them. So um, one was just in Chicago. I did that with doubles. Um, gotcha. It was like the national, the U.S. championship. And then uh, there's one in Dallas, Boston, New York City, and L.A. Where's being that you like more of the the, the longer stuff, right? <laughs> Where do you do you feel like the, the ultras are more of like your wheelhouse? Are you finding that now that you're doing much more of that mixed modal training and getting strong, that Deca and Hydrox are really? Um, I it, ultras are definitely my wheelhouse. Yeah, like I can go forever at you know a steady pace. Um, for as long as I want to. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to speed, which is more so like Deca and high rocks, that's a little bit different. Cause that's just not my background. Yeah. My background's more like endurance based. And so that's what I like, really, instead of strength right now is working on speed. 
Gotcha. Um, so that's like my main focus for the next like couple months. Gotcha. Just hit it hard, right? Yeah. Find fifth yeah, gear. And it's like, it's my least favorite thing to do, um, which means I know I need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that just because it's just so unfamiliar or more that it's just the uncomfortable part of it i mean it is uncomfortable like you know doing a one mile time trial is not (laughs) very fun like i just had to do one today and it's like i don't want to do this and it's more so because i just don't like it yeah um i can do it but i just like don't like it it is it's you know it's red lighting so your heart rate's way up um i'm used to steady state and i like that so it is comfortable yeah just cruise control (laughs) exactly yeah what um so uh uh, now you've been you've been doing the personal training yep. and everything for a while, coaching CrossFit, a number of different things. What does that look like now? Because you're part of a training platform for essentially this, correct? For uh, uh, for coaching athletes, right? Coaching, yeah. So I have my own online personal training business. So I have individual clients from all over the country that train with me. I send them in individualized uh, training programs, and then have like check ins throughout the week and how they're nice. doing. Um, my clients range from somebody who just wants to like get back in shape um, okay. and like, or they just had a baby. They want to get back, you know, to where they feel strong and good to, you know, some clients are looking to be elite in Spartans and, and uh, world stuff. So nice. So it's a, yeah. it's definitely a mix. It's approach a mix, which makes both. it really fun. Yeah. So I'm not just like just working with like racers and competitors, but you know, you're, you know, everyday person, which I love to work with. Um, cause yeah. I've worked at CrossFit where like we're having people hit ridiculous PRs, um, or like at Oracle, I was helping people how to learn how to squat for the first time. Yeah. And that's really cool. Um, to see that, that progress and improvement is like really special to me. I know I've, uh, I think it's one of those things, whether you're a personal trainer, coach, chiropractor, PT, mm-hmm. like so many people, and it's, it is definitely fun to work with elite people. Cause yeah. you're seeing like, you know, the elite of specimens that can do crazy things, right. but there's definitely something where I feel drawn to the same thing where mm-hmm. I'm like everyday Joe Schmo or Betty type of situation. Yep. It's like, Hey, we're going to clean up your squat and deadlift. <laughs> and it makes like such a big difference. <laughs> That's awesome. Know. I'm sure like you have a wide range. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we definitely being, in the season of life we are out we are as parents with young kids we see yeah. a lot of parents with young kids okay. but surprisingly so i mean the the age of parents that we get like some people are in their 20s and but a lot of people are now having kids at late 30s and yeah, 40s yeah. and so it is kind of a larger spectrum okay. that you would normally see uh but then you know then they're like hey my my dad or whatever wants to see you, which would be like a grandparent, right? Yeah. They want to come in and that's definitely a fun age. Definitely a harder age because you're dealing with so much, so much right. more mobility restrictions right. and things like that. Yeah, that's going to uh, be tough. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you know, it's a lot of, to be honest, like you said with the nutrition, it's a lot mm-hmm. of low-hanging fruit, yeah. right? Yeah. Where so many people get so stressed out about needing to do the perfect thing, the right thing all the time. And mm-hmm. real, realistically, it's just like a brick building a house. It's right. just brick by brick. Yep, yep. And it's definitely different, like – People also like to compare a lot or clients like to like, you know, they're doing that or I want to be able to do that. It's like what works best for you is going to be different than for her or for him. Yeah. Um, and so that's probably the similar like thing is like, oh, that person does this, this and this. But I should probably come in and see you guys because it's been a while since <laughs> yeah. any kind of – in fact, someone in one of my videos, I was doing pull-ups and they're like, you're you're crooked. Like your left arm is staying engaged uh, in, yeah. in, in, in your scap and the then right my right <laughs> is like coming way down. And I was like, 
That's weird. I mean, my left arm's stronger, but like, I don't know. Well, so that brings me to a good point I meant to ask earlier. Yeah. I mean, in, in a lot of athletes in your position, they're just, you know, you're just doing everything right. So you don't have a lot of issues, but what right. do you do anything specifically for mobility or sorry, not mobility for recovery, recovery outside of sleep, nutrition, for a body perspective, foam rolling, right. stretching regimens, or yeah, you just I, like, I'm a pretty obsessive stretcher. Oh, okay. Like very, like almost like too much. Um, but I've always like over the last, like probably three or four years, like stretching like twice a day in the morning and at night. Um, and then I Seems used to, to do working. yin yoga too. Oh yeah. I loved yin yoga. Um, at the little yoga studio in Boulder actually. Okay. Yeah. That's one of my favorite yeah. places. Um, so I do that a lot. I'm not great about foam rolling, even though I've been told I need to. So that's different. <laughs> well, so, so I mean, this is a good point from the person who told you so, did they give you an indication as why? Or did they just uh, say you should foam roll? I think it was because of very tight quads and hip flexors, which I try my best. Like I couch stretch. I do a lot of yeah. stretches for that. But there's some things you just have to roll out. Um, Give it a little bit more yes, feedback yes, into. Yes. And was it something that you found to be restrictive, like and specifically the tight hip flexors and the quads? Like was it affecting performance or anything like that? Not really. Um, sometimes like my lower back will get tight because my, my, my quads or my hip flexors gotcha. are, are not – um, yeah, they're too tight. So that, that'd probably be the only thing. And like that just influences like squats and running yeah. is a little bit more, more strenuous. Well, I always ask you because we get told this a lot, right? I need yeah. to stretch this or this, yeah. but depending on the athlete, cause we have some athletes that are tighter in certain areas, but mm -hmm. I always, I always tell them like, I mean, if you're a runner, yeah. you're a spring. Yeah. And if you loosen the spring too much, right. then sometimes right. you lose a lot of that That's sort of energy. That's what I get told because I need to not stretch as much. <laughs> well, but it's but it's a balance, right? Because yeah. there's also input of the stretching might not be actually lengthening, and this yeah. is this is an ongoing debate between obviously <laughs> everybody in the fitness and, and health community. Yeah, uh, is that are we actually creating sarcomere or tendon length changes, right. or are we just creating proprioceptive input that makes us feel good and that in turn looses tonicity and makes us feel better so it's right. not really that like our hip flexors are so tight that it's pulling us into like a hyperloidotic state yeah it's more so that you're putting in just a shit ton of miles and doing a ton of stuff yeah that they get tight and and, and for everyone it's different like some people get just as good of results by foam rolling yep. but they don't stretch yep yep uh, it's interesting i i definitely think that it does help me feel better, whether yeah. that's just like mentally, but it is like a lot of miles and I know my body needs something. Um, and then my feet also like I have to make sure I keep them very healthy because yeah. it's just a lot of pounding. So like I'll roll out with like a frozen water bottle. Um, I'll use like a, a hypervolt gun on yeah. it too, Sweet. which helps. And then I'll see like a, a massage PT like every once in a while and yeah. just like – loosen my ankles up because my ankles get really tight yeah. and not mobile and that's yeah. like by the end i'm like wow my ankle can move there you go look at that rotation uh all right so yeah so recovery yeah. um uh yeah i was i was just kind of curious so and then i am curious too mm -hmm. is there because you do obviously so many different things is there like a specific shoe or anything like that that you tend to gravitate towards um i i wear for trail running uh Merrell's. okay um they i've like I've used a lot of different running shoes over the past 10 years, but oh, sure. for the like last like three or four, cause I like my feet would always hurt. And so I found like one model and one shoe that I just love and I stick to. And so that's what I just 
that's what I do. Um, when it comes to like CrossFit and cross training, it's just like whatever I think is cool. Whether they're like the, the Metcons or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as long as they're like flat for lifting, it's yeah. what's great. I've never owned a pair of lifters, so I don't know what that's like. Right. So, um, do you find yeah. that? Have you ever used lifters? No. Okay. No. Right. I kind of want to though, just to like, cause everyone's like, oh yeah, like you'll, you know, PR this lift or that lift. And I was like, I say cross I was like, well, I kind of feel like that's cheating a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, for mobility I, wise, it helps a ton of people like to do, yeah. be able to do pistols and things like that. Um, so I see that. And and a lot of it too is it creates by by having that heel elevated, it 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 changes mobility for some and to a certain degree, but it also creates an anterior weight displacement, yes. yeah. which changes center of mass and is more of like a stability right. thing. Like so to, for a squat would be great. Yeah, well, and to your point, I'm like, well, maybe I mean it helps you. And if you're yeah. someone who's like and and I mean, I don't usually recommend lifters, but we do yeah. recommend like a heel wedge sometimes for someone who's learning that. Right, right. But as an interim to then learning the movement so that you don't have to be it. But that being <laughs> said, it's also for like you see every single, um, what would you say, competitive weightlifter yes. using it. Because, yes. yeah, if it you're able to does. put yourself in a better shape to lift more. But like I feel means. like form and technique have to come before you get yeah. a pair of, you know, let's say there's the huge debate about like a, a weightlifting belt too. Yeah. Like you oh, have yeah. to be able to have the like, you know – like core strength to keep your core tied to the bottom of a squat instead of just relying on the pressure from the belt. Yeah. So. Well, and most people don't even know it's the pressure from the belt. Right. They think it's structurally actually holding them together. Oh, no. Which is, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy. Uh, and yeah, that's another whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, so you got so you got some big races coming yep. up. Yep. Got some personal training you're doing. That's yep. keeping you super busy, I'm assuming, with online stuff, right? Yeah, it's been it's been steadily growing over, since I, like, really started and focused on it. Um. So it's been pretty fun. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, anything else you have big coming down the pipeline or is it just work hard, train hard? Work hard, train hard. I think that's about it. That's yeah. life for the next like six months. What happens when it's uh, – right now it's currently snowing. Oh, what, I know. How, does I know. <laughs> how does training change when it's snowing like this? Do you still get after it? Yeah. So like I got in a pretty good gym session this morning and like I'll still go out and run in this as long as it's not icy. So I'll take my dog and we'll we'll go hit the trails. Nice. You kind of have to. The only thing with the, the winter and the snow that really takes a toll on is biking. Oh, you can't yeah. really bike. But like when it's like a nice day here, it's beautiful and perfect. So you yeah. just get out and you do it then. Fortunately, we still get some sunny days. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. Uh, well, I appreciate your input. I think yeah. this is great. I hope more. I mean, I've been wanting to honestly do more of the mixed modal races and training yeah. just because they are fun. To they be honest, fun. they are. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, unfortunately, not to deter any of you guys, <laughs> but I did get a bad taste in my mouth from like how populated they were. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe just finding different times or actually trying to like get a heat would be nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. For, and there's different races depending on the location too. Um, but like, yeah, if you want to do like a Spartan sprint, I'm sure you would love that. Yeah. Or like, you know, one of the, like more uh like a a tougher mutter um which is like a 12 hour race and there's like things like that that are less populated yeah and then like high rocks they don't come to denver but they come like you know you know boston new york city those are really fun and people love that whether they do it in like doubles or like relays so that's cool so anyone listening go out and do them they're fun yeah i know for me i definitely need to build that engine i do not have that aerobic engine (laughs) as well i did i i will say and this is i wanted because i I wanted to get your perspective yeah. of getting back into it. I give similar recommendations. Did not take my own advice. <laughs> At the beginning of the year, 
I I mean, between COVID and last year and everything, and this is no excuse. This is literally just what happened. Just got out of shape, all those things that you would yeah. say, right? So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I just need a hard reset. Decided to do the 75 hard. I have not okay. completed it. I'm still – I've had to reset multiple times. But I was like, I want to get back into running. And it yeah. started off good. Now, granted, I had meniscus surgery in December. Rehab went good. Yeah. It was doing good. But That's I was hard. running every day. From January 1st for the first two weeks, I ran every day for 45 minutes. And I was feeling good, but then I broke myself. I was going to say, that's actually a lot every single day. Like, I don't run for 45 minutes every day. (laughs) I know. it was, And it wasn't like – I mean, it was definitely like that zone where like my heart rate was not like crazy high because I didn't have that aerobic capacity. But the interesting thing too, which is a good point for anyone who's listening, is your cardiovascular system or your engine will adapt way faster than your musculoskeletal system. Mm -hmm. So that – so like my my lungs and everything felt good, but I gave myself tendonitis and then my knees were hurting. (laughs) And then I had to just – I basically – like it hurt so much for like walking hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? It does. I mean because that's still – you know, your your lungs are getting used to it and you feel better, yeah. but your poor muscles and joints are just like that constant pounding is just like, it takes a toll. It did. So that's it did. why it's like, yeah, like maybe don't start off right off the bat with 45 minutes every day, nope. right? You start with 30, <laughs> then 35, 36. 40, things like that. So, and now what I'm doing is like, cause it's feeling good and I'm kind of, I'll do like, I'll run like a mile, which, you know, seven, 10 minutes, kind of depending on how fast I'm going, cause definitely not fast. And then, and then I walk and then I really just focus on like heart rate just dropping, kind of like we would say with an interval training. And that's been definitely way better for me. So, well, and that's going to help your engine too, like the stop and start. And then that way it's not so like crazy hard on your body. (laughs) I, and I know, I mean, and that's, I mean, for someone who's like literally in it, yeah. worst patient, worst, worst <laughs> client, not taking even my own advice. It's easy to give the advice and then not not do it. So easy. So easy. <laughs> well, I believe in you. I feel like you're gonna be able to get 45 days. I know. Well, it's what well, was just hard to. I'm like, I because part of it too is, and I don't know if you how you feel about this or anything like that. Like, I feel like running is just such a fundamental human movement yeah. that the majority of people just do not do. Mm-hmm. And partially because mm-hmm. we're the majority of people probably out of shape. And right. Out of shape, whatever that means, right? Right, Aerobically talking about, but also musculoskeletally, like we're deconditioned. Mm -hmm. And and we do, and that's to your point, we were talking about your mom and everyone earlier, we do the thing that we like, which is good. We're getting the baseline (laughs) of aerobic or uh, exercise that, uh, you know, the American Heart Association or whatever wants us to get. But finding the opportunity to mix it up and change it up is so important and vital. And running just from a human standpoint of we are bipedal people and we do, we we, we evolve from doing the long distance things. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so it's whether if you have to start walking and then you hike, you power hike, and then you run. Yeah. But I think it's like people overlook how much running can do for you. Yeah. For life and everything. Yeah. Um, but you got to ease your way into it because yeah. it can it can hurt. <laughs> I know, and that that was like my real, that was really kind of my focus going into it. I was just like. I, you know, I talk about squats and all these things and, you know, argumentally fundamental, whatever, or foundational, whatever yep, you yep. call them. But I was like, I'm not, I mean, we did walk, we do family walks every yeah. day, but I was like, I'm not running. And I feel like right. running is such an important thing, but yes. now I got to do the baby steps. Yep. The baby steps to get there. And then yeah, run as much as you want. And it's great for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I used to do a lot of running in college because I lived at, I lived in Boulder, went oh, to okay. CU. Okay. And I used to, I mean, back when I was young and spry and <laughs> did those things, <laughs> I used to run 
I don't know, maybe it was a mile, mile and a half to Chautauqua, okay. run Chautauqua, oh, yeah. and then run back. And like, I was putting it in and like, you know, it's just I used different. I used to live on uh, 9th and College oh, yeah. over by Chautauqua and I, that's perfect up to that trailhead. It's like a six mile perfect loop. Yep. And then, then Which is done. always such a rough trail because it's just like this to yep. start. It's yep. just up and you're like, what? <laughs> Talk <laughs> about not like easy into you, it. Yeah, you just jack your heart right off and then yeah. eventually it, it levels. So many great trails though. Yeah. Colorado's great for that. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Uh, thank you. If people want to follow or get involved with the training yep. or anything else, make a plug, tell them yep. where to find you. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, username is K80 underscore night, like K80 night. Um, and then that. you can send me a DM or there's a link in my bio to a form that you can fill out and we can start your training journey wherever you're at. Um, and just get you to where you want to be. Um, yeah, that's where they can find me. Cool. Pretty much. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining <laughs> yes, me. I appreciate you. it. Yeah, it's been fun. All right. <laughs>